Welcome to the St George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk. So Psalm 107. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. When they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress, he led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Some sat in darkness, in outer darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains, because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled, and there was no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought, he brought them out of the darkness, the outer darkness, and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their darkness. He sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice, thank offerings, and tell of his works with songs of joy. Some went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wits' end. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The ways of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. He turned rivers into a desert, flowing springs into thirsty ground, and fruitful land into a salt waste because of the wickedness of those who lived there. He turned the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into flowing springs. There he brought the hungry to live and they founded a city where they could settle. They sowed fields and planted vineyards that yielded a fruitful harvest. He blessed them, and the numbers greatly increased, and he did not let their herds diminish. Then their numbers decreased, and they were humbled by oppression, calamity, and sorrow. He who pours contempt on nobles made them wander in a trackless waste. But he lifted the needy out of their affliction and increased their families like flocks. The upright see and rejoice, but all the wicked shut their mouths. Let the one who is wise heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. I had all that psalm to turn that on, but I got carried away in the psalm. So there we go. We're now on. Um, Thank you so much to my readers. Um, 
There are much longer psalms than that. But the thing about the psalms, and I absolutely love the psalms, the thing about them is often you need to read the whole thing because often they take us on a journey. They are structured for a purpose and they start us off in one place sometimes and they take us on a journey. So I encourage you, yes, there are some great individual verses in the Psalms. Some of the great memory verses are there in the Psalms, but read the whole Psalms in one go because they're often structured for a purpose. The Psalms. Richard Foster, uh, a great spiritual writer, said this, the Psalms induct us into the practice of the presence of God and lifelong prayer. They induct us into the practice of the presence of God because within them, we have every human emotion. They're a vehicle that help us to articulate our conversation with the living God. They help us on the journey of life. Tonight, as we go through our series on the Psalms where we're taking different themes, tonight we are in a Thanksgiving Psalm. Now in a way, Thanksgiving runs through all of the Psalms. There's so many of them with Thanksgiving within them. Even in the midst of some of the Psalms of lament, they move it to a moment of Thanksgiving. But we're going to look at one example. Now, when you hear the word thanksgiving, what is your kind of immediate gut reaction? Is it that kind of, well, it's quite hot tonight, and um, actually I'm quite good at saying thank you for things, so I can sit back for a little bit, have a little bit of a snooze, I'll be okay. Uh, Or maybe it's kind of, you know, you're beginning to feel a little bit annoyed because actually you think you're good at thanks. And the people around you who you do lots of things for are not so good. And so you're hoping they listen to tonight. Or maybe you were taken back and um, you had parents like I did who before the end of the Christmas holidays, you had to have written your thank you letters. And you sat there and you wrote, Dear Aunt Gladys. Actually, I had a lovely Aunt Gladys. Thank you so much for the writing paper that I am using to write this thank you letter to you. There are lots of times we are encouraged to say thank you, but I think tonight, whatever our reaction, that thanksgiving in the Psalms is more fundamental to our life with God than any of those reactions. Let's begin in Psalm with verse 1. Now, the structure of this psalm, we think that this was a psalm that was written uh, to be said and almost to be sung at a festival. There's this sense of people gathering from the north and the south, from the east and the west, from uh, the dry and from the sea. There are people gathering. And so the first verse is this call to the people to give thanks. So if we have that verse up, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. And that was repeated all the way through the psalm. I hope you heard that as they kept reading those words. And there's a sense in which it was probably a call and response. The leader of the festival would say, give thanks to the Lord. And the people would respond, 
His love endures forever. So just to check that we're still away on this and there. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Wonderful. Give. We are called to give thanks. It's an instruction. Because sometimes we need to be told, as it were, to give thanks. Sometimes we don't feel like it. If we only give thanks when that kind of natural urge comes up to give thanks, we wouldn't be thanksgiving people all the time. And we give it as a gift because we're not expecting something in return. We're not saying thank you because we're hoping that we'll get given a present again. We're saying thank you because we want to give this gift of thanksgiving to the one who gives. We are called to give thanks. Sometimes I think people think there are some people who are natural thanksgivers and others who aren't. And yet, in a way, what do parents teach little children really early on to say thank you? It's one of the earliest things that you teach. You give and they say thank you. You give and you say thank you, thank you, and you teach them. We need to be taught And it's a sense of getting into a habit of giving thanks. And thanks, says the writer Walter Brueggemann, is far more than just being grateful. He says this, it is a confessional statement, in some sense relying upon and committing oneself to another, a confessional acknowledgement of who it is that has given new life. And that's why Who are we called to give thanks to? Give thanks to the Lord. We're often good at saying thank you to those around us. Thank you to the person who's just given us something or helped us in some way. But how often do we stop to give thanks to God? How often do we give thanks? In the book, of Deuteronomy, there is an encouragement to the people of God that that when they get, after all of this challenging wandering through the desert to the place of the promised land and all is good, do not forget to give thanks, says the writer. And why are we to give thanks? Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. We're not called to give thanks because that latest prayer has been answered or all the right things have happened or you've been given this multiplicity of things. Actually, all of those things are reasons to give thanks. But our fundamental reason to give thanks is that God is good. We give thanks for who he is and all that he has done. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. His enduring love. We don't thank because we're in situations that are easy or comfortable. We thank because his love endures. And that endures gives us already this kind of picture that there will be times that are tough. There will be situations that are challenging. And in the midst of it, we are still called to be a people of thanksgiving. That's just verse 1. 
Don't worry, I'm not going to spend that amount of time on 43 verses. I could see some anxious faces. For once that it called to give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Wonderful. We then get four dramatic scenes. Four different dramatic scenes of God at work. And if you can imagine the film, the first kind of scene is of people wandering in a desert. And probably they're thinking back to the time when after they had been rescued from Egypt, they wandered for a long time. They wandered in the desert and they were hungry and they were thirsty. And God provided. And in each one of these scenes, these dramatic scenes of God intervening, there is that call. It says, in each one, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. And then later in that scene, it says, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love. In this first scene, God is the one who satisfies hunger and satisfies thirst. Then we move to the next dramatic scene. And in this scene, the people are in darkness and despair, and they are in captivity. It's about being chained. It's about being in captivity. And for some in this festival, that might have been a real experience that they had been captured by enemy forces and were in captivity. And so we get the same refrain. They cried to the Lord in their distress. He brought them out of darkness and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord. Our God is a God who brings freedom. Then we get the next scene. So we've had this wandering where they become hungry and thirsty. We have captivity where they are enslaved. And then we have those who have become foolish through rebellious ways and are suffering some kind of affliction to the point where they nearly reach death. This is about illness and suffering. And once again, they cry to the Lord and he saves them. He sent forth his word and healed them. Let them give thanks to the Lord. And there are stories of the time in the wanderings where at one point when the people have disobeyed and then a great illness is around the camp and until Moses lifts up the stick and they look at it, the snake upon the stick, then they're healed. There were moments where God stepped in and they knew healing. And the final one, right out on the sea and the waves are roaring. In the Old Testament, and particularly in the Psalms, time and time again, water is seen as this unstoppable force of chaos that brings misery, and only God has the power over it to control it. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. God rescued. Let them give thanks 
to the Lord. Here we have these four different scenes. And it's as though as the group of people gather together to give thanks, they kind of call on kind of, it might have been this or it might have been this. But in all of them, the reason to give thanks is that God is good, that God has intervened and God has rescued. And the purpose of this psalm is to look back together and say, what has God done for us? And so the challenge for us is to look back and say, what has God done for us? Because, you know, sometimes it can be challenging to give thanks because we don't feel he's heard our cries. Sometimes there have been people who have known illnesses and they've cried to the Lord and they have died. And the healing wasn't the immediate one that we longed for. I'm very aware that I'm preaching this sermon at the end of a week when many have lost their lives at sea. And I cried out. On a different level, many of you this week will have asked for things and and not received the answers that you wanted or thought were right. And yet. And yet. In the midst of it all, We're called to be a people of thanksgiving because God is good. And the Psalms enable us to stand back, to gain a perspective, to realize again what God has done for us. And as the writer to the Psalms, he had this history that he was able to look back and see God at work, freeing and sustaining and releasing from captivity and rescuing. You and I, tonight, have an even greater privilege. For in Jesus, we have come to know one who meets each of these needs, reveals God to us in all of his goodness. We go back to that first scene where the people were hungry and the people were thirsty and they didn't know where to turn. And we remember Jesus standing among the people at a festival and saying, I am the bread of life. Whoever feeds on me will never be hungry. Jesus meeting the woman at the well and saying, the water I bring will bring eternal life and you will not be thirsty again. As we read of the dramatic scene of those in chains, we hear of Jesus standing up in the temple and reading the words of Luke. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has appointed me to bring good news to the poor, to release the captives. When we read it, we're taken to that scene of healing And we see Jesus reaching out his hand and healing the blind and the lame, bringing sight and hearing. But above that, we see Jesus speaking words of healing in body and mind and spirit, restoring people in community. And we see Jesus going to the cross to die 
and be raised to new life, to defeat the final enemy of death and bring total healing. And in that scene, on the storms where they cry out to God, we're taken to Jesus on the Sea of Galilee, speaking to the waves, be still. And to the storm, be quiet. And we know that Jesus was the only one who had the power to do that and could bring order out of chaos and new life out of death. We have a reason to give thanks, even in the midst of times in a broken and struggling world when we can struggle, even when it feels like individual things are going wrong, we are called to be a people of thanksgiving because of Jesus and all that he has done for us. There was a moment this week when um, uh, basically life had become overwhelming. Do you ever have one of those moments when the job list was too long to fit on my multiple pieces of paper when the, the stress levels were rising within me, when the heat and the amount of stuff going around in my head and just the logistics of making life work just was being overwhelmed to that point where you're thinking, <gasps> and I was so grateful that this was the psalm I was meditating on this week. For as I got up early and sat again with this psalm at my kitchen table, it was like taking a deep breath, regaining that perspective in all of the midst of life. I am called to give thanks to God for he is good and his love endures forever. He is the one who turns rivers into a desert but flowing strings into thirsty ground. But he's also the one that brings life He lifted the needy out of their affliction. And this psalm finishes with verse 43. And it says, whoever is wise, let him heed these things and consider the great love of the Lord. Or another translation says this, says, uh, let me find the translation that I was looking for. Whoever is wise will ponder these things. We'll ponder these things. Last week, Eve was talking about this wisdom psalms. And here again is this note of wisdom. How do we walk through life as a people of thanksgiving, as we reflect, as we take that time to reflect on what God has done for us? A great commentator on the psalms, John Eaton, says this. The life music of those who know they live only because of the Lord's faithfulness will carry far its message. The life music of those who know they live only because of the Lord's faithfulness will carry far its message. Because of new life given only by God, silence is impossible. The mark of new life, inexplicable and un unexpected, is confession expressed 
as thanks. Such thanks, which articulates a new life commitment, is possible only when we reflect on what we've been rescued from. As we ponder these things, so we're given the power to walk forward in life. As we ponder these things, so we're given the passion to praise God. And so we're able to give thanks and to be a people of thanksgiving. Paul, when he is writing to the Philippians, and remember he is sitting in chains as he writes, says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. It's a habit that we're called to do. It's not a letter that I'm asked to write because I ought to. It's a habit that I long to inhabit, to live, that I might day by day know perspective, that peace with God and his presence to walk, that we might be a people of thanksgiving. Thank you for listening to the St. George's Lead Sermon Podcast. For more talks or information, visit stgs.org.uk.